welcome to I'm a Sophisticate and So Can You. The show that engages with the canon so that you don't have to. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony. And I'm another of your hosts, Sydney. This is going to be a fun one. This is our first time covering a person we've already done before and our first time covering albums instead of musicians. Sure, yeah. I mean, I think of it as covering October 21st, 2022. Yes, that is true. So before we go any further, we should say we are covering Taylor Swift's Midnights and Carly Rae Jepsen's The Loneliest Time. We will be covering the 3 a.m. tracks, obviously, because it's been more than three hours since the album came out. Yes. Um, We will not be covering the Target tracks. Oh, I did not know that that was a thing. (laughs) Okay, yeah, she was like, surprise, there's even more songs, but you have to go to Target to get them. (laughs) Yeah, we're not doing that. And I I will not be doing that. Like, even Taylor Swift will not pressure me back into compact discs. Yeah, or in-person shopping, unless you want to, even though you do love a Target. I do love a Target. And honestly, I've been getting back into compact discs. I I shouldn't say that. I've acquired two compact discs (laughs) in the last six months, and I'm really excited about both of them. One of them is obviously an Evanescence album. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Evanescence's second album. Not Yeah, not even the one. Not even the one. Yeah. And the other is Hedwig and the Angry Inch, which I saw on the sidewalk. I'm not even sure that it plays, but it looked okay. Yeah. I have the only car in the world that has a CD player still. That mm-hmm. was made in the last like five years, and uh, it just occurred to me that I, that might be good to have. You know, sometimes you get out of range and you haven't downloaded anything good, and this way I'll I'll, I'll never run out of Evanescence. <laughs> this is true. This is true. <laughs> I feel like we should get to it because I'm going to need at least twenty minutes on just the last two tracks of Midnight's Alone. Sure. Yeah. Let's get to it. Sydney has scrawled some notes on a Domino's pizza cheesy bread <laughs> box. <laughs> it's what was available. I just wanted to make sure that I didn't miss anything. I think we should start with. Loneliest time. Sure. Yeah, that's fine with me. Um, and make the people wait. Anthony will put something in the thing so you can skip if you really want to. But like, we are going to be talking about both the whole time. So like, just like yeah. settle in and wait for us to convince you that this is the actual event of October 21st. <laughs> yeah, I didn't say it before, but these are two albums that were released on the same day. Yes. It and is- as soon as I found out that was happening, I was like... This is going to be one of the most important days of my life. And I will say that these are two artists that one of them, especially Taylor Swift, we've covered on the podcast before. So longtime listeners will know she is absolutely stone cold in the curriculum. No oh, question. yeah, yeah, yeah. We both love her. Yeah. Now. And we haven't covered Carly Rae Jepsen. I, I mean, I think we should say because it's becoming a point of contention that we are like we learned that we love Taylor Swift mm-hmm. recently. Yes. But we, especially you, already knew that we love Carly Rae Jepsen. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I already knew that for both of us. <laughs> yeah. We probably would never have gotten to her, honestly, because, like, there's never been a release that I don't immediately pounce on. Yeah. And we also both saw her in concert, what, like, three weeks ago? Oh, yes, that's true. We all, So we are also kind of covering her concert, which was, let's talk about that. What a fun night very very fun and also what a wonderful performance she's really great at holding space yeah we we've been seeing some live music lately and i think that out of the people we've seen recently she seemed to be having the most fun she just seemed like like doing a concert is her most like natural state of being okay she does not have easy voice. No. But I think she has easy concert. Yes. She has very <laughs> she has easy like, confidence. It's, it's like this is what should be happening all of the time and all the time that it's not happening. It's because something is stopping her from doing it as opposed mm-hmm. to like Gaga because mm-hmm. we raved about that concert. Like yeah. part of her whole thing is that like she's always really working for it. Yes. She's a she's a hungry, hungry girl. Yes. And we love that about her. And that's like part of what her concert is. But it's also like kind of a fun way to have a concert that's 
like, oh, this old thing? Like, stop. <laughs> yes. Yeah, like, do you guys want to call me maybe? It's like, I don't know, the sixth song? Yeah, I'm just, it's, well, I'll just put it in the middle, but I will give it my all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you guys know I'm going to get to cut to the feeling. Don't worry about it. Oh, Rufus Wainwright is here. Guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Guys. That, that was just for us, it turned out. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, yeah. Los Angeles perks. Yeah, exactly. The perks of living in LA. I really thought when we saw Demi Lovato that Ashley Simpson was just for us because we live in LA. No, Ashley Simpson <laughs> is shadowing Demi Lovato's tour. <laughs> Ashley Simpson is available. <laughs> yep, she's just going along. When I said that to Tony Bellatoni, he was like, what? She has kids. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. It was a, um, it was a great time. And I would go see her literally any opportunity that I have, I would absolutely take and you should do the same thing. Yeah. I've seen her twice now and both times when I tell people that's what I'm doing, the most common reaction is like, oh, she has more than one song? Like, guys, yes. She has so many songs. Her back catalog's really big. Every single one of them is as good or better than Call Me Maybe. Like, mm-hmm. and I'm not even being like, like a nerdy fangirl, like go fucking listen to them. I'm telling you, like, <laughs> yeah, it's not going to be like, oh, you have to learn, you, you learn to love the other ones to like catch up to call me. Maybe no, no, they're nope. all good. It is, it is an immediate rush mm-hmm. and it does not stop being fun. Yeah. Just like call me. Maybe has never stopped. Yeah. Has never quit. Still fun. 10 years later. Still fun. Um, and if you don't want to take our word for it, you know who else loves Carly Rae Jepsen? Justin Bieber. <laughs> yeah. We have her because of him, and that is, like, the most redemptive thing. That's, like, I think the best thing that he's given us. Yeah, I agree. Do you want to count down to say what we thought of the albums? Sure. Like, yeah, if you want to. I mean, I think it's pretty clear. Because also, this is, like, guys, this is up-to-the-minute news. Like, we, we've had a couple weeks with these albums now shit's evolved for me at least okay so i think we'll say let's say where we are now okay three two one awesome really enjoyed it just the best yeah really fun it's not as high energy as i well actually neither of these albums were as high energy as i was expecting them to be but that's just because if you're familiar with run away with me cut to the feeling yeah even call me maybe they're like not just upbeat they're like a punch in the face they're just relentless yeah exactly (laughs) and this there's no track that's there's upbeat tracks on this there's fun tracks on this but there's no yes there are are you thinking of talking to yourself or surrender my heart yes those are the two those are are certainly the closest but i just think of like run away with me is so relentless yeah i don't know if those are run away with me's but they're i think they're like when i needed use which is like also a pretty important crj track this is not a quality or listenability critique. It's no, no, just no. A... But it, it's, but it, it's. I think they have as as much bounce. Run away with me has bounce and also, it's like epic. Mm-hmm. Yes, epicness. Yes. And surrender my heart is not epic. Yes, that is what I was getting. But at. it is, I think, just as bouncy. Okay. Yeah, I I will accept that. Also, we should say when we saw CRJ in concert, they did the saxophone solo live. Yeah. And it was her keyboardist who was having a great time. (laughs) Yeah. It's also entirely possible that that shit was pantomimed, but it it was probably real. Here's another thing that's great about a CRJ concert. Everyone who's at that concert wants to be there. Yes. Maybe a couple people, like the guy next to us. (laughs) 
<laughs> are there with their much younger boyfriends. Yes. But like almost everyone is like a serious fan and they know all of it's like every person know all, knows all the words. No one's there because of like one hot track that they heard on the radio this week. Everyone right. is there because they are like like a B-sides fan. They've done their homework. Yes, and they're like they're ready for everything and like she busts out these like these deep cuts and everyone's like, "Yeah!" That's a really special vibe to be a part of. Mm-hmm. And like, she's just so, like you're saying, she's just like so good at receiving it and mm-hmm. being like, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. I you're welcome. Am. But also, thank you. Like yeah. genuinely very excited yeah. to be here. <laughs> like I am an unstoppable songstress. Yeah. <laughs> you're right. But yeah. not in a stuck up, she's Canadian. It's just like, yes, I'm that great. But also I'm really glad that you guys see that. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm it's really, really nice for I'm me. I'm really glad we're all here together. I feel like it's not an accident that she was at the Greek. I think she likes to be outside if she can be. I think mm-hmm. she likes to feel like one with every Western wind, man. It's all connected. Yeah. Also, we should say that her M- the MC of the Carly Rae Jepsen concert was The Moon. The Moon. Played by Carly Rae Jepsen, I think. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because yeah. in this album, I think I counted at one point, they name check the moon and or the stars in four or five separate tracks. Yeah. It comes up a lot. I think she's pretty into like... Astrology. Um, I mean, she has a whole song about being a Scorpio. She's pretty into astrology. Is she a Scorpio? She does say that. She says that in that song. Yeah. And I was like, that's what this song is. But I didn't even put together... And I think the track before that, she says she's born in November. Ugh, great. Sydney is a Scorpio for <laughs> reference. I don't know if we've covered that on. No, I'm, fe- I'm feeling really um, like in conversation with her right now. But that is actually not what I was going to say. I, although I think she probably is pretty into astrology. I also think that she's pretty into like the sort of Eastern ideal of like you see the drops, but it's all an ocean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. Do you know what I'm talking about? I think so. Like we're living our lives as drops because we're not we're not big enough to see that we're really just all the ocean. There is no such thing as drops. Okay. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. <laughs> I took a comparative religion class in high school. <laughs> that I am drawing on for this. Also, I read some Walt Whitman. <laughs> Great. Those are my qualifications. Yeah. For saying that that's an Eastern ideal. And also, like, the fact that she's into that idea is also based on nothing, except for just, like, I feel it. As Scorpio mm-hmm. to Scorpio, I feel that that must be true. And I should say, neither of us are really into astrology at all. You only no. care about astrology in that you want to know when someone else is a Scorpio. No, yeah, I, like, aggressively tell people how disinterested I am. Same. Unless it is Scorp lore. Yeah. I do not shame anyone for being into astrology. No. I just am only interested in the parts that directly have to do with me and yeah. only in a little bit of like a tongue in cheek way. Like I like I feel like I'm like, oh, sure. None of this is real. It's fun to talk about, but it's not real mm-hmm. unless it's my thing. Right. And then it is 100% factual. That's like a, that's like my my bit with astrology. Yeah. And I, I do, but I do not knock it as a thing to be into at all. And I feel like I would be able to participate even at that level if Aries lore wasn't such garbage. Yeah. It's just hot, <laughs> hot garbage. No, I think astrology I, nerds, why, why is it like this? No, why is it like this? I think this? I'm only interested because Scorpio lore, <laughs> Scorp lore is good at sex. <laughs> yeah. 
good like, at sex, sneaky. That's like the one Slytherin of the main of... things. Stubborn. Yeah. That's like one of the main things that people want to talk about. And also, I'm a Scorpio, and also, um, I'm a, probably about to say this wrong, but I think my Venus, is this how you say it? My Venus is in Scorpio also, so that's, I'm extra sexy. Yeah. Just, just imagine, you guys. Whereas I am an Aries. The Aries lore is, hmm, argumentative, kind of an asshole, temper. Yeah, yeah, I feel like Aries lore is like kind of a dick, but like not as much as most, like a lot of the other ones. They're no Virgos. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we've lost the thread here. Okay. Um, yeah, the tracks on this album, the CRJ album. Okay, so far, this is still, this is still like young in my ears. I feel like five years from now, I'm still going to be listening to Emotion more. Like when Dedicated came out, I was like, this is amazing. And I listened to it a lot for like a few months. And then now like when it's time for some CRJ, I usually still go to Emotion mm-hmm. and then just play Party for One. <laughs> sure. Not always, but usually. So I, I feel like that's, I feel like this has not supplanted that, but there is some really excellent stuff. Yeah. Talking to yourself is a, a fucking bop. Oh, can yeah. we talk about Ben's? Oh yeah. That's, I think, honestly, I feel like that and Western Wind, especially right next to each other. That's like the most new ground. I feel like she's getting into it's an unassuming track yes it is also it comes on the heels of beach house which is the goofiest song on the album but it's still so much fun guys i like beach house i love beach house i think it's fun yeah i think it's cute is anyone out there trashing the song beach house yeah (sighs) tiktok you disappoint me i think it's a funny joke i think i think i'm probably gonna hurt your feelings is a funny thing, especially knowing that it's like about Raya or whatever. Yeah, or whatever whatever app she was on. Who yeah, the fuck knows? Like, Sutton Strack is on Bumble. Who knows I what know, she's what if, on? What if Carly Rae Jepsen was on Bumble? Maybe. Like, what it? M- maybe. Like every time it gets to, I'm probably going to hurt your feelings. I like giggle a little. Yeah. I think that's a funny thing to say. It's like, I really, 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 really like you is a funny thing to say. It's like, is there anything, like, what's funny about it? Like, is there anything, like, inherently, it's just a string of words. Like, it's not a joke. Like, why is it a funny thing to say? Yeah. One time I was at Burning Man, Don't Come For Me, and I was listening to a truck play some music, and the guy was using a, a, a little sound bite where of, of a voice going, my friend has a swimming pool. And I looked <laughs> over at my friend, who had the person I was with, and I was like, please ask me later when I'm sober if the phrase, my friend has a swimming pool, is still hilarious to me then, because right now it is really hitting hard. <laughs> it's like that to me. Like, I, I got a beach house in Malibu, and I'm probably going to hurt your feelings. It's like that to me. It's like, why is that so funny? But... I got a lake house in Canada and I'm probably going to harvest probably, your Well, that is, that is, so that is a joke. I know why that's funny. Sure. Yeah. Because it's, because it's funny. Yes. There's like a, like a, an actual like joke mechanics happening there. I think she has an ear for like when people say things that are a lot more profound than they mean them to be. Yes. Yeah, she's quite good at that. Yeah. Okay, wait, that's but, Beach but, but Ben's. <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, that is that is a wild turnaround there. It's kind of abstract. I've really fine-tooth combed it, and it's like, I don't think there's a lot of clues about, like, what exactly, who exactly we're talking about, but it's really, like, touching when you listen to it as, like, from a s- sad, contemplative place. Mm-hmm. even the mixing of it there's like a buzzing sound there's a line in it where she's like let's just say this isn't happening and then she just says do 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 for a whole line yeah and it's like oh is that lazy lyrics like no that's her like doing 
earmuff like overloading. Yeah. <laughs> basically being like Yeah. Um and I feel like the track kind of sounds has like a white noise like under bed yeah, to like, it. I think I always took it as like the sound of waves. Yeah, which is a common white noise yes. sound. And then the fact that it's called bends, which like when I looked at the track list, I assumed would be like things bending. <laughs> mm-hmm. But now I think it's about what happens to you when you surface too quickly. Oh, like the bends. The bends. Yeah. Or I think it's at least supposed to, call, you know, double entendre. I think it's supposed to call that to mind. Yeah. So if you're looking for uh, things to add to your grief playlist, mm-hmm. I nominate Carly Rae Jepsen's Benz. And I don't know. I just wanted to acknowledge it and talk about it. Yeah. Similarly, I think this is skipping towards the end, but I think Go Find Yourself or whatever is a great breakup track because it feels like, first of all, she's very upset and not in a like sad way. She's like, I'm very mad at you that you're doing this, but also I kind of get it. Yeah. It feels a little bit like Space Cowboy. Yes, like it's go very find your, Space Cowboy. Go so, find yourself or whatever is like the same line as you can have your Space, you can have your cowboy. space cowboy. I'll tell you a secret. I listened to Space Cowboy just now in preparation for this podcast. You think go find yourself or whatever is better? Yes. Don't. Guys, be cool. I'm not trying to shade Casey Musgraves. I mean, we had a whole episode where we kind of did. <laughs> yeah, where I was like, I don't get it about her. <laughs> yeah, so I think it's fine. We've made our opinions on Casey Musgraves known. But like, I do think that like that's one of her, that's one of my favorites of her songs. Yes. Because I think it has such an angle and like captures like a, an, an emotional, a weird, I want to say like a like an in-between emotional space, but it's not, it's almost not in-between so much as it is like lots of extremes at one time. Yeah. That I, that I don't often hear captured in a melody, and I feel like this song does it so, so well. I do think it's like, okay, the song right before that is her, like, almost like hyper, it's not like hyper pop, it's like, it's like a Remy Wolf song. Oh yeah, Shooting Star. Which, I just think that's the most, like, deranged one-two, uh, like, of this, is like, I'm gonna do my Remy Wolf song, and then my Casey Musgrave song, put them next to each other, like, you go ahead on this emotional roller coaster, see what happens for you. I really love the line, you feel safe in sorrow, you feel safe on an open road, mm-hmm. which is just like, yeah, some people do feel comfortable when they're not feeling okay mm-hmm. or when they're like in transition and being settled makes them uncomfortable and like all of those things. And so it, the thing I like about the song is she's like trying, it feels like she's earnestly trying to wrap her head around what's going on while also simultaneously acknowledging that she feels like shit about yeah, it. Yeah, I no, I mean, I think she's succeeding in like, and that's what I think is like so great about a song like this or Space Cowboy is that it's like, I do see it from your side actually. Mm-hmm. Like I do get it. Yeah. It just sucks. Yeah, exactly. I think where it, where to me, where she really like twists the knife is like she, there's this whole chorus where she's like, whatever, I get, I I get it. Go find yourself or whatever. And then at the end of all of that, she's like, and I'll wait, Mm -hmm. which I am not expecting her to say. Yes. Every time she says it, I'm not expecting it. Yes. And it's like, wow. Go find yourself or whatever. I hope it treats you better than I could do. And I'll wait and I'll for wait you. for you. Yeah. yeah, powerful stuff. Like shooting star, she's got this uh, like distortion. It's like yeah. <laughs> I don't. Uh, what is the bah, melody? Bah, I'm Scorpio. Scorpio. And then it's star. and then it's like yeah, and then yeah, whap whap, bop it a whap, and then it's like. <laughs> 
like one guitar. Sad cowgirl. Yes. <laughs> and then it's like Rufus Wainwright. Yes. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot packed into the last three songs. But that is that is how much this album does not quit, you guys. Yeah. It is a really good time. And also, in not counting the bonus tracks, it's like 45 minutes. Like, it's not over long, which I really like. And one thing that Carly Rae Jepsen does that I really appreciate is her songs are always three to three and a half minutes long. Mm-hmm. Every song, three to three and a half minutes long. She's not messing around. She's not too overindulgent. She's going to get in. She's going to get out. And then she's going to move on to the next song. You know what song is five minutes long? Go Find Yourself or whatever. Yes. I don't care. Did you know that? I did not know It that. does not feel like that. No, it does you not. You guys. Because, because it's the only time she does it. Still, yes, it's the only time she does it. And which, But also you would think that if she's going to do it on a slow song, it's like, oh my God, Carly Rae, this is going on forever. No, it's slow, but it moves. Yeah, it's a strong choice, but it is not the wrong choice. And it's it's like a musical theater performance. Like you're like in it. Mm-hmm. She did it at the concert, just sitting down on a dark stage. Yes, and it it was like such a magical part of the show because it was the only song that like the audience didn't hadn't had a chance to already know. And like she did it, I think with just a guitar. Yeah. Yes, I think so. And I felt like she really did that thing. That's my favorite thing when it happens in like heightened theatrical performances where it's like, I did feel like she was like living in the song, but I also felt like she was still having a great time. Yes. Yes, exactly. (laughs) She was having so much fun, like sharing her new tune with us and being Mm -hmm. like proud of what she made. Yeah. But also like really like pathos. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's just impressive sometimes to see like, especially like a, such a like sparkly, like pop princess be so comfortable just like sitting there and then standing there her choreo for the number was like stand up at some point i think when she stood up at the whole audience was like ah! yes <laughs> but not even but we were like oh because it's like you put a lot of meaning into gesture yes when that's all you have mm-hmm. you know yeah i feel like i started to talk about them in conjunction but i also really like western wind i just like the um groove mm-hmm. of it it was the first one to come out of this and i i think a lot of people got a little worried because it is kind of like chill i think a lot of people got worried they were like oh she's gonna do a whole chill album yeah now that it's in the album and there is there's other stuff that pops off i'm like more comfortable with getting to know western wind for what it is oh we should talk about the loneliest time like the actual song the loneliest oh, sure. time yeah, like yeah, yeah. Where, yeah we made some jokes about rufus wearing it's right. honestly like not my favorite. I think it's a great like closer. That's what I was gonna say. It um, is a strong and like closer. it was, yeah, it was really fun to watch her do it. It was really fun that Rufus Wainwright showed up. Yeah. Also, he showed up in like a North Face hoodie. She's in like a full sparkly like sheer gown. Yeah. Well, but I mean, I He's think in he a just North like I think he just like came down from his house. I like yeah. to picture that he just like razor scootered down. <laughs> yeah. From Mulholland. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Also, razor scootering down the Hollywood Hills sounds like a full nightmare. <laughs> we know yeah. what the sidewalks in, in LA a, in are a, like. There a, are no lights up there. In a North Face hoodie and then going on stage at a CRJ concert. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know what he does. Yeah, I don't know. I have a lot of respect for what he's up to <laughs> without really knowing what it is. Yeah, yeah. I when... think I can tell that it is he on the thing. We should be covering him at some point. Okay, yeah. He's not on the envelope of chaos, but he might need to be. Yeah. Just because who the hell is he? I don't know. And when he showed up, I was like, oh, oh I don't know right? this man. Yeah. What happened was we, we reached the moon. moon. I, I get so much joy out of imitating her doing that like she's a Disney princess. And then when I listen to the song, she says it very normal. She says it like a normal girl. Yes. Yes. <laughs> 
but in my mind, she says it like... It's hard not to picture Carly Rae Jepsen as like the protagonist in Tangled. Yeah, right? I feel like Disney, Pixar, if you're listening, just put that bean in your bucket. I know she doesn't have the full musical theater belt that you usually look for someone to have, even if they're a pop singer like Mandy Moore. I don't know. Maybe she does. And we just don't know. She's I got range. Like, I feel like it could work. She does have, I feel like people don't realize because she has such, such oneness of tone. <laughs> sure. Yeah. People don't notice how rangy she is, but she's got a lot going on. Yeah. I feel like that could work. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. She could absolutely be cast as Throw like, her in I don't know what her acting is like. The only thing I've seen her in is Grease Live. It's the only time I've ever seen her act. I did not see that. How did she do? Uh, good. She. They also cast her well. She was the beauty school dropout. So she I was like, just going to ask. That makes so much sense. Yeah. So like she didn't have to like really pull. She just had to like be fun. I guess I just have this like preconceived notion that like until until someone shows me otherwise, I assume that people who sing and write that well will probably be able to act at least okay. I don't want to minimize like what is the craft of acting. I know that there's a lot that goes into it. Right. But I feel like if you have that kind of access to yourself. Yeah. And your instrument and you're like emoting on it. Like, I don't know. Like, I just feel like. There's overlap. There's, yes. Overlap of craft. Yes. They're setting themselves up for success. They're in the right mindset. Whatever you want to say. I get, I get what you're driving at. Yeah. So like until someone is like put in an acting situation or honestly more than one. I need mm-hmm. to see more than one clear stumblement. Yes. And then I'll be like, maybe not that pop star. We also live in a world in which- I don't think Kesha which... needs to be acting. No. And she's my absolute favorite. Yeah. But like, I don't think she turns it on and off like a faucet, like some of our friends. I feel like a lot of them have it. It's just a, it's just a hop, skip, and a jump, and like with some good coaching. Yes. We also live in a world in which uh, Lady Gaga has been in two yeah. movies- that she has fucking carried on her back. Yes, which I hope would like open people's minds about because I feel like people tend to think that like pop singers especially are going to be shitty actors. People tend mm-hmm. to make that assumption based on nothing. Right. Maybe because of well, Britney Spears? I was just about to say maybe because of the movie Crossroads starring Britney Spears. Okay, sure. Okay, I feel like first of all, I've actually never seen the movie Crossroads. Neither but I. I actually feel like there could have been a fork in the road where I feel like Britney Spears might have had something to offer the world as an actor. Mm-hmm. Everything I've heard about that movie is like, it was not designed to be like a quality sure. <laughs> piece of storytelling. Sure. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's just more Britney effect of like, we've all just trained ourselves to think that about pop singers, but like Beyonce is a good actor. Mm-hmm. Lady Gaga is a good actor. Like I, I don't, I think that's wrong, but am I making this up? Like, I feel like people make fun of singers when they're like, or like are just like mm, aggressively skeptical. Yeah, I would. I would when say when singers are like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna be in this movie." It's like you cast that pop girl in your movie. Like, why? That yeah. doesn't make any sense. And it's like, no, I, I bet it does. I bet uh, it, yeah, it's gonna be okay. I think it's it's less aggressive than it used to be, but I think you're right that there's still a pretty significant amount of skepticism whenever that happens. But then once someone, Lady Gaga, has proven themselves to be a good actor, I think everyone was deeply suspicious of her being in A Star Is Born. But then by the time House of Gucci came out, everyone was like, great, yeah, there she perfect is. casting. Yeah. Selena Gomez is, a, is a, I think, a better actor than a singer. Yeah. That's one that I feel like society keeps forgetting and relearning. Yeah. That should not be a surprise because she literally like was cast as a child to be an actor. Right. Like that's another thing that happens is I feel like kids get cast as Mm -hmm. famous children for acting. 
Yeah. And then they get funneled into sexy singing time for some reason that I don't fully understand. That's like yeah. The that's like the next step yeah, of fame it. is like now you do songs. Yeah. They do that and then while that's happening, while they have like two songs, Haley Steinfeld. Yes. They have like two songs on the radio and then everybody is like, I bet that bitch is a terrible actor. And it's like, what? No, what? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's what happened to Ashley Tisdale. Sure. Okay. She so- records one cover of Kiss the Girl and everyone's just like, fuck her. That's, she's got nothing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Forget the fact that she's been carrying Wait, that goddamn sitcom of? with Mr. Mosby for seven years. Miranda Cosgrove was like, I stole this song from Sugar Babes. And I'm doing it at the Macy's parade. And then everyone was like, you got you got nothing, Miranda Cosgrove. Yeah. And then now she just has her old job back, I guess. That's true. She's just doing iCarly again <laughs> in her late 20s. Which, hey, whatever. Okay, it, Carly Rae Jepsen. Is there anything else we want to say about CRJ? Because you've been threatening me about Midnight's for the last yeah, hour. Okay, so we need okay. to make sure that we do that. Let's get to, let's, let's get to Midnight's. Okay. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about Midnight's. All right, we're back. Okay, so Midnight's. Okay. Yes. Should we count it down? Yes, sure. Three, two, one. It's not okay. my favorite of hers, Yeah, but I did like it. I, I'm sorry. The counting down, I, I failed. It's fine. <laughs> okay, when I understood that these albums were coming out the same day, mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to listen to the Carly Rae Jepsen first because she's my girl, and I'll get to Taylor when I get there. Mm-hmm. And then I opened TikTok, and it was like, nope, if you want to know what is going on at all, you need to have already, you should have already listened to this shit last night. Yeah. Like at midnight or only nine because we live in California. Yeah. So I was like, okay, okay, okay. And then I listened to it. And then I became like consumed by it for like several days. And I couldn't like every moment that I wasn't listening to it, I was like thinking about listening to it. I would be at stuff and be like, I, I would like to leave this so that I can get in my car and listen to midnight some more. And then that went on for a little while. And I started slowly incorporating the CRJ because that then I was starting to feel like, oh no, I've, I've lost, I'm losing who I am. <laughs> now it's been, however, it hasn't even been that long. And I'm already kind of like, ah, it burned bright in my ears for a few days. But I don't yeah. think, like, I'm going to be listening to Loneliest Time for the rest of my life. Like, I'm going to be requesting Carly Rae Jepsen songs in the nursing home. Sure. I probably will be requesting Taylor Swift mm-hmm. in the nursing home. I don't think it'll be this album. Okay. Maybe Antihero. Yeah. I feel like as with many Taylor Swift albums, the first four or five tracks are usually the ones that I carry with me. Yeah. She 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 front loads it. Or she becomes kind of, it's just so much Taylor Swift doing her Taylor Swift trick that it yeah. just starts to kind of run together. Like, yeah. I sort of wonder if, if she put any songs as the first five, would they all be first five songs if they just were the first five? Well, you to, know what I mean? Yeah, I'm just thinking of, like, comparing it to, let's just take Red as an example. I don't think that some of the stuff in the back half yeah. is going to make more of an impact as a first song than, like, State of Grace. Yeah, I literally couldn't tell. Like, what even is in the back half, I literally couldn't tell you. Yeah. I've got, I've got I'm sure, I'm sure head, none but... of it is either State of Grace or Red. So I'm pulling up the track list for Midnight. Yeah, okay. So Lavender Haze, I don't need. Skip it. Okay, interesting. (laughs) Don't care for it. Uh, Didn't catch my ear. Maroon. Well, so it's obviously track two because of Red, right? Oh, that's a good call. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, I... 
I feel like it's impossible for me to judge this album separate from like the conversations about this album, which is sort of unfair to Taylor Swift, but also it is like the empire she built, you know? Yeah. People just got a lot to say about like what she's doing all the time. And Mm -hmm. one interesting piece of analysis that I heard is that Swift theory emphasizes connection over meaning (laughs) the reward for knowing every word of every taylor swift song is that then in another taylor swift song you hear these allusions that she makes to herself or honestly sometimes i feel like are they even or is she just still the same person writing you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like i just feel like sometimes sometimes these things that people look at as like callbacks are just like well but she's still into the same stuff she's still like writing right in her voice why wouldn't it ring similar to some other shit so then people are like oh this line could be a reference to this other line that she wrote before and that is my conclusion yeah (laughs) but why (laughs) you know what i mean like that's actually not like you actually haven't done analysis just because you like noticed thing noticing a connection is the first step of analysis not the last yes 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 and like a lot of intra swift community like theory and musings are are just like have you heard how this goes with this have have you have you thought of this maroon made me think of it because like one hot take i saw on tiktok just to like completely call someone out who i don't remember who they were was like all the things that she names when she's like the wine on my shirt, the rust between the telephones, like the lips I used to call, whatever, like all the things she names are red things. (laughs) Sure. And it's like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's just the way the song structure is. She lists a bunch of things and then says, so Scarlet, it was maroon. Yes, yes, like, please. I'm going to need you to dig into your English degrees a little harder than that, guys. Yeah, like acknowledging Why did we all go to liberal arts school? Like, not for this. Yeah. Those things are all red. That is not, that was not worth $80,000. Right. Those (laughs) things are all red. And why is what you should be doing. It's like if your analysis is going to be something like, well, the second track on, and I'm just spinning this off the top of my head, so this might be garbage. If the second track on Midnight's is called Maroon and it lists a bunch of red things, that is clearly an indication of the second track off of Red, which is called Red. And Maroon is just a deeper and more complex shade of red than just regular red. So it's a way of communicating her development as a singer and songwriter over the last 10 years. If you want to say something like that, That's at least better than, hey, do you know these things are red? Yeah. Like, yeah, buddy, I know because she told me. Yeah. I think that is what she's doing with Maroon. If we want to go back to tracks land, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done dunking on you're, Swift fans You're the for one now. who has Taylor Swift notes scrawled on a pizza box. So like, you I tell do. me what you well, got to cover. Just, well, there's just there's just some things that I want to make sure that I that I don't. I have a, a top five lyrics on this album. Great. I would like to know them. I, I would. None of them are in Maroon. I don't think Maroon is a very interesting song and I wasn't that into it. And then I got more into it because I really like the, here we are, welcome to the segment of Sydney pretends she knows about music. Throughout the chorus, it is the same note and it kind of changes like intensity and texture a little bit, which keeps it interesting to me. And then it dips what I think is a half step, like to go with, to stay in its chord, to stay like a note that should be there. Yeah. It dips a little bit and then it, and then it comes back when the chord changes again, but it's like, it comes back like a little bit slow. Like it like moves through like being like a non note. It like Mm -hmm. moves really slow back to its original position. And I just like find that a satisfying, it just scratches my little brain ears. Okay. So it has become, even though I don't think she says anything, especially interesting in it, it has become one of my favorite tracks to listen to just because of that. 
Yeah, I really enjoy Antihero. I know we have talked off mic about the sexy baby line. Yeah. I actually am more interested in the line that comes immediately after it. Too big to hang out. Too big to hang out, slowly lurching toward your favorite city, pierced through the heart, but never killed. And I really, I just feel like that is such a good way of describing, like, everyone just wants to hear about all of the shit that has happened to me and all of the heartbreak that has happened on my tours. Yes. But no one actually wants to spend time with me. Yes. I'm going to say one of the big things I have to say about this album, (laughs) which is... I feel like she's, for all of these many, many albums we've had from her where she talks about having her heart broken, mm-hmm. I don't feel like she's ever given me an impression of loneliness until this album. Interesting. I feel like she writes a lot of songs about like not having a person that she loves, not having one person that she loves sure. anymore. But this album to me felt, and there are a lot of tracks that I feel like she, like she's still kind of doing the like folklore evermore thing where it's like, it's not me, whatever that, you know, I'm sure it's true. But like thematically, it feels so much more lonely to me yeah, than any of her other material and so much more like willing to sit with that. Yeah. I think Antihero is, I said to Tony Bell and Tony that I feel like it's like if Blank Space and the Archer had a baby. Sure. Because it's like it's like more fun like Blank Space, but it's more like genuinely like Blank Space was like such a breakthrough, I think, for a lot of people looking in, especially for me, for like pe- people. If, if you were like a little annoyed <laughs> by her vibe mm-hmm. up until that point, it, it was a, a step in her like self-awareness. Yes. And that was fun. But it was still like, this is fun and funny that people think this about me and like, I'm just like getting ahead of the story, which is like totally fun and valid and like it really like changed yeah. my, like I'm, I still think it's possibly her best song ever. Mm-hmm. But when you get to the Archer, <laughs> like that's the first time that I felt like, oh, here's some real stuff about me. Like, and it's uh, ouchy. You know what I mean? Like it's mm-hmm. like getting, it's, it's a deeper flavor of reflection. Yes. Out of which she comes out of it a, a little less favorably i think she's a little more willing to be like and this is not a good thing about me Mm -hmm. this is this is not a fun cute party girl quality yeah i'm a little unwell yes this isn't very slay queen girl boss of me but (laughs) 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 so that's the archer and it's cool and then folklore and evermore there's these songs that are like so incisive Mm -hmm. but also kind of like distant from her yeah as a person it's like does some of it have to do with like her lived experience probably but like she's fictionalized it sufficiently yes that we don't feel like we're reading her diary anymore right exactly and now this album i think is an interesting and especially anti-hero but there's a few that are like an interesting marriage of that i think that are this kind of like really like it does it does kind of feel like it's about her yes it does how much of that is true like we don't know yeah we don't know and we will never know but it feels like it is there's just like such a genuine like despair in mm-hmm. some of it this album is the first time i've ever heard her talk so explicitly about her relationship with her body and disordered eating mm-hmm. it's the first time i've heard her talk about her relationship with alcohol in a way that's like maybe it's not great all the time yeah it feels like it's a more not raw as in unfocused or not thought out, but raw as in just like less packaged. Yeah. 
Which is crazy insight because into it's her. So because she's always been so packaged, but like Yeah. I think the actual like emotional heart of the album, at least on this particular theme that we're talking about, is you're on your own kid. Sure. Yeah. Try Where five. she just like really lays out all of her feelings. Yeah. It's also my favorite track on the it took me a couple listens to really like lock it down, but that is my favorite track on the album. One of my top five lyrics that I would like to point to is the way that she turns you're on your own kid from like the first two times we hit, which is like kind of cheating because it's like, this is only a great lyric in context, but like the first two times we hear it, it is in disappointment. Mm -hmm. It's like, I, Oh, I wanted these things, but it turned out you're on your own kid. And then the third time we hear it, it's a good thing. It's like, Mm -hmm. it's like, no, you don't be afraid. Colon. You're on your own kid. Yeah. Like you always have you. That is for sure a like a storytelling theme that like that always gets me going. Yeah. <laughs> when things are like the ruby slippers were inside you all along, whatever it is. Like yeah. like I, 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 I looked everywhere outside for the thing that was gonna make me feel safe and whole. And it turns out this is it, man, actually. It's like it's hard because she's looking for all of this external validation that she's ultimately not getting, and she realizes that like the people who she hopes are going to be there for her and all of the shit that she puts herself through and all of the like judgment that she has about herself and other people, like all of that isn't getting her any closer to what she wants. But then what she realizes is that yes, there's no one who's going to give her the validation that she wants, but she is always going to be able to give herself the validation that she wants. Yes, it's a happy and sad at the same time. Casey Musgraves. Casey Musgraves. Because it's like, what a great and valuable lesson to be able to learn to like rely on yourself. But at the same time, there's a sense of like, of, to to me, I think one of the reasons that this device gets me every time is that it's like, oh, but also like a part of, in order to do that, a part of you has closed. Now you don't need it from the outside, which is great. But also now you don't need things from that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's like, yay, you you did it. But also... Oh, you're an island. I think I went into that song expecting too much because of the track five like thing. Oh, it is track five. I don't think we mentioned it last time. Track five is the gut punch on every yeah, Taylor just Swift like album. Always, yeah. So I like when I got to it, I was like, mm, give it to me, Taylor. <laughs> and then it didn't until until I processed the cleverness of like using the same phrase to mean two different things. It didn't hit me as hard. Yeah. But I, I, I think now I'm on board. I feel like she does a similar shift in Mastermind, skipping to the fake end of the album, because she makes a similar narrative turn where she spends the whole song talking about like, I wanted you. And so I have set up this whole elaborate scenario to seduce you. And it worked because I'm a mastermind. And it's like, I could feel myself, the basement boy in me being like, Mm, that is a good strategy, isn't it, Taylor? <laughs> and I was like, uh-oh, no, 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 yeah. no, 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 we've, we've learned. And then the turn comes like three quarters of the way through where she sees the other person watching her and she knows that the other person, the person she's pursuing, has been in on it the entire time yeah. and yeah, 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 likes yeah, yeah. the fact that she's going out of her way to do all of this shit for them because you knew I was a mastermind. I like that narrative turn because it turns it from something that's very like yeah. borderline uncomfortable to like, oh, this isn't creepy because he's been in on it the whole time. Yeah, there's a lot in this album that makes me feel a little worried for her, but also like better. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because like, I I do think she's unearthing (laughs) some stuff and that's cool. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't worry about it, about her. 
Yeah. But it does make me feel a little better that it, it seems like she's uh, working on it. Yeah. I mean, if the Real Housewives have taught us anything, acknowledging a behavior is not the same as addressing the behavior. No, it is not. Uh, but it is something. Yes. Yes. And I do think, <laughs> air pollution aside, <laughs> I do think that she is like a person who tries to be a good person. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I aside like... from being the a single greatest air polluter. Yes. <laughs> Indivi- on an individual basis. Yes, the single, the largest individual air polluter. Yeah. I think Mastermind is the kind of song that it's like three or four albums ago, I think she would have written it like really straight-faced. Yes. Like, isn't that, isn't that great? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Aren't I smart? I, I think we're watching her grow up in an interesting way. Yeah. Can I share with you a fun misheard lyric? Sure. So on Bejeweled. Okay, yes. It's, I miss you, but I miss sparkling. Best believe I'm still bejeweled when I rock in the room. Uh-huh. I have heard that, and I was like, this this can't be it. I miss you, but I miss Spider-Man. <laughs> best believe I'm still bejeweled. Best believe. I just, like, can't with the best believe. Like, the whole thing. It's like... This is what I was saying on the Taylor Swift episode. Sometimes she says things where I'm like, Taylor, Taylor, Taylor. That's not how you talk. And yes. when you do it in a song, it's weird. Yes. I think most people have isolated vigilante shit as like the cringiest one. Yeah, it is. But I'm also cringing and bejeweled. I'm sorry. I still have fun with it. It's fun. Tony Bell and Tony pointed out that it's fun when it goes, nice. Yes. <laughs> Which is absolutely true. It's and, fun. And very redemptive about I the think song. The difference between vigilante shit and bejeweled for me is like bejeweled is not taking itself seriously at all. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I just can't with the best belief. I sure. Why well, I've only listened. I to don't Reputation do super once. well with karma. <laughs> karma is a cat. I <laughs> You've can't. been saying that for days. <laughs> for you, it's not. I just like it's not doing it for me. There's one other thing that I meant to say is we have ADHD to me about Maroon is I really like when she says fuck him. I was like, is this, has she never sworn? Has she, well, she, other swear words. This is the first F-bomb. No, but I believe it is the first time she uses fucking for emphasis. Mm. And it just like really like, just like sends a little. On Maroon? Yeah. It's a real fucking legacy. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So it happens two times. There's another fucking. That's right, yeah. There's another fucking, what's that song? A situation. Oh, it, um, yeah. <laughs> I actually. Time, another Fucking disaster. Can I ask you a question? <laughs> there we go. We Next got question. there. We got there. We got there. Yeah. One yeah. of her gay songs. Okay. I will say, okay. Question. Question is obviously one of the gayest ones. Mm-hmm. And vigilante shit, while it is. Um, embarrassing. Yes. <laughs> you were calling it embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. But it is also a little gay to me. Yes. So that's. that's it, it is. That's I like, feel like very heavily like, implied that she fucked that wife. Yeah, I feel like she's saying Scooter brought him in a fuck your wife. And I like that. Yeah, I like that too. I choose to live in a world where that's what's happening. Yeah, I mean, like, it's like, like, I don't have to believe that it has happened. Right. Like, just that she would threaten it. Because, like, yeah, you you should worry about that. She's a mastermind. Yeah. Like, if that's what she, like, if that's what she wants, like, best believe. Yeah. Taylor Swift can pull Kali Kloss. She can pull Scooter Braun's wife. Yeah, she can pull all of the famous women who look exactly like her in dim lighting. <laughs> yes, that um, is true. <laughs> I, do, I do feel like her queerness might have a lot to do with selfness. Yeah, she is a long glazer in Broad City when it comes to who she's attracted to. Yes, and that's okay. Yeah, that's fine. Wouldn't you be? I think she is when, I think when she drops the pretense of being cool. Mm-hmm. I think she's a very charming, like, bumbler. Yes. But I guess, I guess that is what she was doing for years that I was annoyed with. 
mm-hmm. now that I'm saying it out loud, I'm like, wait, that is like that whole time that I was like, Taylor Swift, stop acting like you don't know what's going on. Well, maybe it's because now that we've seen her try to be cool, you know that when she's like, doesn't really know what's going on and is like kind of goofy and nerdy, like, you know that that's who she really is. <laughs> it's like that scene with Judy Greer in um, Arrested Development. It's like, it's like, it's like, can you take your glasses off and let your hair down? And then it's like, no, try it, put it, try glasses on, try glasses on, hair up. Like she was like, I'm just a kid. (laughs) And then she tried to be, and and I was like, stop acting like that. Like, just can you, we all know that you're cool. And then she was like, I'm cool. And I was like, (laughs) no, 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 no. Go back. No, that's okay. You can go back to being like clueless yeah (laughs) you're you're not and that's okay that's okay all right well so that's fun self-discovery for me oh should we talk about bigger than the whole sky all right yeah let's talk about bigger than the whole sky yeah okay so i i had to have it explained to me yes tiktok explained it to me (laughs) yeah tony bill and tony explained it to me the song is about a miscarriage and then i listened to it again and i was like oh dear lord (laughs) (laughs) possibly my most favorite lyric on this whole album she says at the end of the so the chorus starts with goodbye 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 yeah she ends the second verse with so i'll say words i don't believe yes goodbye 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 and i just think that's such because it's like We already know goodbye, goodbye, goodbye is coming. And our brains tend to separate, to make a verse and a chorus like discrete bubbles of storytelling. But there is no, in the first verse, there is nothing where, so I'll say words I don't believe goes. It's just music. So like to extend the verse that way with this like preface to me of like, I don't stand behind what I'm about to say. And then the words she doesn't believe are goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. Like, that's so, like, oh, that's just, like, really, like, gets me where I live. Like, goodbye is not, it's not a, a statement of truth or falsehood. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it's not, like, like you, you don't you don't believe it or not. But in this song, you do. And that is just, like, I think a really powerful. It's just so well done. The whole thing is so well done. And I think it's a testament to her, like, as she has shown on her past two albums, she really thrives on, like, building a world in a song out of a specific little scenario that like we don't know her like what is the extent of her personal connection to the thing that she's singing about it doesn't matter it's like yeah she has real depth of empathy yes i think yes i think she does i just want to highlight on bigger than the whole sky i really like the line that's always kind of clocked me across the jaw is every single thing to come has turned to ashes it feels like sylvia plath and the fig tree yeah just like i'm standing here looking at all the possibilities with her yeah i don't even like prayer as a concept yeah but did something take you because i didn't pray like that just makes me feel like I know that there's a lot of tendency in situations like that to think that perhaps you fucked it up somehow. Well, it also comes right on the heels of like, did some bird in Asia flap its wings? Yes. yes. Like it just feels so senseless. It's a great like thing to put together because it's like, was this completely random? Like the result of things like so far away and out of my control or was this like 100% my fault because of like dumb superstition that like mm-hmm. I know is not logical, but I can't shake anyway. Right. It feels both random and like my fault. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just, I, I feel like she's so good at like, at like living in a, living in a situation. Yeah. Being like, here, like one reason that I'm so impressed with songwriting when it's done well, and it's almost always done well when it's Taylor Swift, I could spend 20 pages of dialogue doing the same thing mm-hmm. that this song does 
in six lines. Yeah. And like, I think I'm a pretty good writer. Right. <laughs> I can spend pages and pages on it. And Taylor Swift is like, here's two lines that go to, that rhyme. Yep. <laughs> that did the same thing. Yeah. Do you want to talk about the real last two tracks of the album? One of the reasons why I am a little annoyed with this album is that she put out the album and the last track is Mastermind. And that does not feel like the last track of the album. And then she no, put out- that was a lie. Yeah, she put out 3AM edition and it was like, oh, this is very clearly the last third of the album. The album felt not done when I listened to just Midnight's, but when I listened to 3AM edition, there's a couple too many songs, but when I finished the album, I'm like, okay, yes, now the album is done. Yeah, just like, don't do vigilante shit. Yeah. Or karma. I just like, yeah, don't just need that him. like mode. Uh, like that's still interesting to her. Yeah. And, and I like, stop. I get that you want to have fun sometimes, but like sometimes. No, have fun doing something else. Have fun doing anti-hero. Yeah. Sometimes like, songs can be inside songs. Ha- even have fun doing Bejeweled. If that's what you need to do to keep you busy so mm-hmm. that you don't need to do. Like, I just don't, it's the same, like, look what you made me do. Mm-hmm. which I also didn't care for. Like, yeah. this is why we can't have nice things. Like, I just am not interested in that channel mm-hmm. of her brain that yeah. seems still really important to her. Of just mm-hmm. like, these are the people who have wronged me and like, absolutely fuck them. And like, I know I just said that I think she's a good person, but like, I think she thinks she's a better person than she actually is. <laughs> sure. But also she and has- it's like, you're writing these songs, like you've done so bad things, but I'm the worst of them. Like, you do not know that, Taylor Swift. Yeah. Like, he bought your catalog. You think that's the worst thing this man in the music industry has ever done? Right. <laughs> it feels like she has multiple modes when she's talking about people who have wronged her. And there's the mode for, like, Scooter Braun or Kanye West. And then there's the mode that's reserved for Jake Gyllenhaal and John Mayer. Yeah. And that's when she really, like, pulls the knives out and is like, listen, you motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. I just want to ever so briefly say High Infidelity is the second song. I just think it's interesting that she writes so astutely about cheating and everybody everybody in the Swift community is like, those songs are fiction. <laughs> Everything else is literal. <laughs> yeah. Like, like this song is definitely 100% about Jake Gyllenhaal. She didn't draw on anything else. Like, there's no way that it's like a blend of experiences that she's ever had, plus some imagination because she is someone who imagines because she's a, a, a yeah. creative person. Yes. It, there's no way. It's all real. It's all it's all exactly her life. And then she's like, here's how you do cheating and here's how it feels. And they're like, oh, that's fiction. <laughs> yes. Definitely not. That goes over I mean, here with nobody, no crime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She didn't. Get a boating license, and she didn't ever cheat on anyone. Right. Well, um, I think it's more accurate to say Taylor Swift has never cleaned a house. Sure, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> there's also one. Oh, this is back to Maroon again, where she's like, your roommate's screw top rosé. She's never fucked anyone who has a roommate. Yeah, I was like, how does she know what a roommate is? How does she know what a screw top is? <laughs> oh, I'm sure she's drank screw top rosé. She's never fucked anyone with a roommate. Screw top rosé. No, I don't think so. You don't think on her first tour when she was 15, people weren't handing her surreptitious screw top wine? Listen, there weren't as many screw tops back then. I feel like that was a beer tour. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I just was like, when truly, when's the last time you touched anything with a screw top? I mean, that's fair. It's been over a decade. When's the last time you did. played a song in a parking lot? Yeah. You know, she does a good job staying proletariat but honestly i can't because that is something that i continue to laud in kesha so i really shouldn't get on her case about it 
yeah at all when kesha's like leave the car on the curb <laughs> like when's the last time all your like no kesha you don't get in the back seat with your friends right like you don't sneak whiskey into the club anymore Unless you want to do it for funsies. Yeah. <laughs> Which, let's be real, but honestly, she probably maybe does. she does it. Yeah, it it's, feels pretty authentic. Yeah. She's certainly done it more recently than Taylor Swift has fucked anyone with a roommate. Yeah. And any, any Hoosiers. Someone said that Taylor Swift said something that meant, my songs are not, you can't figure out what my songs mean like a paternity test. It takes more than a paternity test to figure out what the song means. Mm. And I was like, ooh, burn. Because it does seem, like, it's the same thing I was saying before. It does seem like people are like, now we understand all of the implications just because we, like, placed it in time with her relationships. And it's like, that's not how writing works. Like, Like, when she says All Too Well isn't about one thing, you guys made it about Jake Gyllenhaal and, like, that's fine with me, but it's not how I wrote it. Like, I believe her. I don't think she's, like, covering for Jake Gyllenhaal. Right. It's not that easy, and we should keep that in mind when we go into would have, could have, should have, because I know a lot of people move John Mayer to the top of their Arya Stark lists after hearing this song, and I don't think that that's a wrong thing to do. Mm-hmm. If you want to do that, go ahead. But I also don't think that it's necessarily only and specifically about him and that experience. Yeah. I feel like also that's a time in her life where she dated so many <laughs> sure, yeah. age inappropriate men yes. that it feels like it is in part specific about one person, but there are parts of it that also could be read as like, just generally that couple of years really fucked with Wasn't her. Wasn't so great. Yeah. Someone on TikTok said that they hear this song as a reinterpretation of the play, The Crucible. <laughs> Okay, now that is the kind of unhinged Taylor Swift analysis that I want. That is, if nothing else, putting your English degree to use. Yes. Like, give yes. that to me. Yes, yes No, but please. think about it. But think about it. Okay, I'm going to find it, and then you can tag this oh, person in Oh, wait, the... yes. It's Abigail singing to John Proctor. Yes, <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, that's now amazing. Now that I know, now that I know, I wish you'd left me wondering. Yes, because um, I want the John no- Proctor who put knowledge in my eyes or knowledge in my heart. Yes, 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 yes. And if not for you, mm-hmm. I would have stayed on my knees and I damn sure never would have danced with the devil. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I find because I have such a troubled relationship with like Christianity as a thing, I don't want Taylor Swift or this fictionalized version of Taylor Swift. Like I don't want that person to Stay a Christian. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Gross. But I also listen to the song and I'm like, fuck that person for taking that from her in that way. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not the reason anybody should have, have a, a, a crisis of faith. Yes. You do that on your own. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about the, like, finally 29-ness mm-hmm. of that first verse with, like, if I was a child, did it matter if you got to wash your hands? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Ugh. Oh, it just makes it so gross. Yeah. It definitely makes it sound like the person or persons who she is talking about are disgusting. Just an absolute trash. Yeah, but it's interesting because it's like comparing to 29, 29 was like, I was underage and you were too old and you took advantage of my naivete. Yeah. This is, you were a grown man, I was 19. That's still not great, but like this is how it makes me feel to think about it now. Yeah. And like and 29, that's... I just want to say that I feel like 29 is like on a level with like praying, like a yes. you ought to know, like a like an anthem of female rage for yes. the ages. Yeah. And I don't think that this song is that. 
No, nor is it trying to be. No. While I do think, I just want to take another crack at it because I didn't use the rhyme. Sure. <laughs> and they're, it's both, it's the pair is good. If I was some paint did it splatter on a promising grown man. Mm. I just love that because like promising young woman lays like, yeah. like I love that reversal. Yes. Like he's already grown, but right. he still gets to be promising because yeah. that's what men get. Yes. And then the rhyme of that is, and if I was a child, did it matter if you got to wash your hands? Yeah. Which is just like, ooh, my skin crawls. Also, so like, if you would have blinked, then I would have looked away. Like, yeah. you were the one who stared at me, buddy. Yeah. Wait, that's the line that I'm like, is it about that staring contest with Carly Kloss? Uh, like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she feels gross about Carly Kloss. No, I, well, I, I think Carly Kloss has been just like a shitty person to her since, mm. and I would have some strong feelings sure sure about being treated that way unrelated to the age and power dynamics that i think are really at the heart of this song but i just can't stop thinking about that staring contest i think it's so uh, incriminating <laughs> yes <laughs> but despite all of that i think then when we get to the expansion on the thought is the fucking truth she doesn't say fucking what is it the god's honest truth is that the pain was heaven yeah like, I feel like she's talking about what she got out of it in a way mm -hmm. that a finally 29 is not, that's just not, that's just not the, the, the thing that we're doing right, in right. those songs. But I do think it's interesting that she's willing to be so, that it is like such an indictment, but she still is willing to be like, it was fun though. Yeah. I mean, we were talking about this the other day when, when you brought up this song, anyone who has been emotionally manipulated can tell you that there is a certain amount of it that is enjoyable because otherwise it wouldn't work. Right. Like right. It, it, it has to, at some level, be in some way enjoyable. Yes. And I think that's what she's Yes. And that here. can be like, it can be so hard to untangle mm -hmm. later. Like in some ways that I, I feel like s sometimes people come out of situations like that and sort of wish for like more clarity, like a more like obvious transgression. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like wish they'd been 17 so they could be yeah. like, that was fucking illegal. Right. It's, it's, it's hard to untangle. It's hard to reckon with like your complicity. Yeah, and it feels like part of what she's saying in this song is like, you know, being scared of ghosts, memories feel like weapons. It feels like she is embarrassed to think about it. Yeah. Like, not only was it a painful experience for her, but she also, and not only was it gross, she just like, it also just makes her feel bad about herself to think about it. Yeah. Just like, looking back on it, it's just like, oh, that the tomb was- won't close. Yes, the tomb won't close. Exactly. Like, she can't just let it be because- Okay, the whole time we've been talking about this, I've been thinking about a tweet that I saw last night, okay. which is every woman has had one situationship that has ruined their life. Sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I feel like this is part of what she's talking about of like, this wasn't even that serious for you, but it fucking blew up my life. Yeah. And like, I am still trying to figure it and out. Like, and like continues to not blow up my life, but like be a thing. <laughs> right. And like, it's not, it's not something that is like, actively part of the why this is not the song 29 is the song 29 really feels like it is Demi Lovato in the peak of her processing whereas yeah. this is like I've dealt with this with a capital D like yeah. 
it is a tomb. It is buried. Like, the feelings are not actively burning yeah, me anymore. I built the tomb. I built the tomb, yes. But the door's not shut. Like, well, and close. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's dead, but ghosts exist. Yeah. So, like, I keep getting these, like, flashes and experiences that just continue to make me feel bad. And that sucks. Yeah. But also, it was a long time ago. Like, she puts a date on it. Yeah. And she's like, I, I am able to deal with it, but it fucking sucks, man. Yeah, we've gotten this far into this in this discussion of this song, and we haven't even talked about the real punchline of it, which is living for the thrill of hitting you where it hurts. Give me back my girlhood. It was mine first. Yeah. Which I think was like immediately a sound on TikTok. And one thing that I saw was one female looking person was like, you know, if I could just Thanos blip, whoever every woman in the world pictured when they first heard that line, if I could just like... I would. <laughs> yeah. I could Thanos snap that half. Yeah. Away they would go. Yeah. There's been more than one time that I've that I've gotten to this song in the car and then just like backed up that little part. Cause I just it's like, oh, she builds to it so good. And then like I think she does she she sounds so young when mm-hmm. she says it. Like the way she says girlhood, she sounds like such a kid. Well, yeah. Like a sad kid. Yeah. And she sounds like a younger version of herself because she's been, like the last couple of albums, she's been doing this kind of like wistful thing. And this one, it's much more of the like punchy driving. Like we've talked about how she's not a powerful vocalist, but it it is, she's pushing much more on this. And I mean that as a positive. Yeah. In the way that she used to a lot more often. Yeah. It is the same way that she does. You call me up again just to break me like a promise. Yes. So it's the same amount of emotion. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like both halves of that line are like so juicy to me because it's like if we're talking about how she's placing blame not just outside herself, but also like putting herself in the in the thing. Yeah. I mean, she has regret, which means that she, like she says, I regret you all the time, which yes. means she uh, sees herself I as some- I regret you all the time. You just, she feels somehow compl- somewhat complicit. Like that line by itself. I regret you all the time. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, like how I, has no one ever said that before? Like sometimes she says things that I'm like, how has no one ever said that before? That's such a like, like that's fucking poetry and you can't tell me otherwise. Yeah. That is what poetry does. Yeah. It's such a nice twist on I think about you all the time. Yes. Or because no, it, you, you don't it. have it's to think about It's a construction that we've yeah. heard one million times with like, with like, I miss you. I think about you. Like those kinds of things. But I've just never heard anyone say it with, I regret you all the time. And like to say, like, that is a fucking mean thing to say. Yes, it is. Like, (laughs) yes, it is. Like to say, I regret you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I regret an entire person. Yeah. It's like, I can't think of a worse thing to say. Like, I I tend to dodge questions about regrets Mm -hmm. because I have a hard time untangling not in a way of like, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Like the bad things that have happened to me have made me the person that I am. Like right. not, like not like that. Like it's hard for me to untangle. Like, do I regret going to the high school that I went to? Like, uh, kind of. But like, what else would it have been? Like, it's like in the multiverse. Mm-hmm. Like the butterfly flaps and swings in Asia. Mm-hmm. Like you can't. You just can't tell what you're messing with mm-hmm. when you change things. Yes. <laughs> and so it's very hard for me to separate what is a regret from the other stuff that happened. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I find it, I find it, like, when people ask me, like, what do you regret? It's like, uh, but I can't, you can't just go change one thing. Right. Like, then then your parents were never born. Right, right. You know what I mean? Yes, yeah. 
So, There's cascading effects that you get wrapped up in. Yes, exactly. I get caught up in questions about time travel, and so then I can't answer questions about the things that I regret. Sure. So that's it's my- a very autistic way to answer that. Yes. Listen, so... I can't answer that question. There are too many time travel implications. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that is my relationship with the word regret. Sure. But I say all that just to say, <laughs> like that line is a big deal to me. Because mm-hmm. I to say I regret another entire human being is like, that feels like a, a very overwhelming statement. Mm-hmm. And then all the time, it's like, not only do I feel this way about all of you, I feel it all the time. It's, yes. just, like, it's just like a really, it's big stuff to me. Mm-hmm. Should we talk about Dear Reader? Okay. I feel that this song is being written off as a Swiftian device. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's a lot more than that. She implies that the person that she is speaking from the perspective of a person who's not her, she makes it sound like it's a a man advice columnist that's doing the talking. That's good fictionalizing, I guess. But I feel nonetheless that it is like one of the more like personal and revealing. Like the person who would write this is not in a good place. Uh (laughs) But in a way that I feel like she wouldn't have uncovered in this way previously. And Mm -hmm. I think that's exciting. This one is one that I enjoy as a song, and I think it's a great last track. And I really like the line, never take advice from someone who's falling apart, because one, that's a fun thing to say. And two, it's funny that it is a piece of advice to not take advice from someone who's in the place that this person clearly is. Yes. And I, well, I think having that there and have, and like the whole dear reader thing, I think people are like, oh, like this is a cute little, like a cute little gimmick that she's using to like send these like, these little like missives without sounding too like preachy. But it's like, if you listen to the other pieces of advice, it's like, what advice column is, like, what is this an answer to? It is, it feels like an advice column written only to Taylor Swift. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Like the greatest of luxuries is your secrets? Yes. So I would like to first say, because you, you don't already, have to answer just because they asked you. Yes, which is worked because they did ask because it's a, that is a, an important thing to hear from an advice columnist. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> who gets asked things all the time. Yes. Um, but since you already pulled the line, never take advice from someone who's falling apart. I happen to think that that is not good advice. Dear reader, don't take that part seriously. I think that that is her revealing the state of mind and the self-assessment Mm-hmm. of the narrator of this song. Sure. But I actually think that sometimes people give you their best stuff when they're falling apart. Yes, I think so too. <laughs> it, it is the kind of wisdom that makes you go, oh, buddy, you are not doing well. But that is that is smart. Yeah. Okay, so if it feels like a trap, you're already in one. I think that is good advice. But again, it's like, I'm looking at all of these and it's like, this is good advice for a very specific situation. And the more important question is, how did we get here? Yes. (laughs) What have you been asked and by whom and for why, for how? One of the lines on my pizza box is, burn all the files, desert all your past lives. And if you don't recognize yourself, that means you did it right. Like coming from Taylor Swift. Yeah. Like, God, she wishes she could do that. Yeah. I, I think she does. Yeah. And that, and I've just never heard her say anything like that. I've never heard her say anything that as much as she has been like there's the archer and all the sets and the, like the mirror ball and like um, this is me trying like as much as we've had all those things like I, I just I don't feel like I've heard her be so like wounded. Yeah. And it's also telling coming off of a song like would have could have should have. Yes. Where she's just like, you know what? I would love to just ditch all this. 
and start over. Yes. Start over. I don't even want to recognize myself. Yes, exactly. Like if you don't recognize yourself, like I like burn all the files, burn it all. Yeah. I just feel so bad for famous people. Mm-hmm. It's so terrible to be famous. I really don't think there's a lot of things that are worse. Yeah. Bend when you can, snap when you have to. I think that's pretty good advice. And then when you aim at the devil, make sure you don't miss. That's just standard. That's just like common sense. Yeah. And also <laughs> another good callback to what it should have could have. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Did she? Did she miss? I mean, not when she did all too well. Ten minute version Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> that one was uh, that one was so good. That was that, a kill shot. <laughs> yeah, that was a kill shot that Jake Gyllenhaal decided was aimed at him, yeah. and he really jumped in front of the bullet on that one, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. And then here's where she's like, "It's not me, guys. These desperate prayers of a cursed man." But I think it's interesting that she chooses to call advice given prayers, mm-hmm. especially also in relation. These songs really go together. Yes, they do. And that's why they're the real end of the album. Yeah. You wouldn't take my word for it if you knew who was talking. That feel, that just feels like another thing that's like, no, I think this is you, Taylor. Like, as much as I do, like, respect your... Every song is not me, Taylor, talking directly to you about exactly my life and exactly the things that I want you to know. Like, I, I, I do, I respect that because I understand the creative process. Right. But I, I don't know. I just feel like you wouldn't write that if you weren't kind of feeling like that. Yeah. I'm hearing like self-doubt from her in a way that I've never heard. Mm-hmm. She's more, and it's it's related. She's more wounded and there's more doubt. Even in those other songs when she is like, no, let's take an honest look at like my problems as a person. There's still this like sort of blind confidence in her superpowers. Yeah. And for her to be like, guys, if you saw behind the veil, the girl behind the aura, would you still? Yeah. I think it's interesting. Yeah. And I mean, the conceit of the album, too, was like, these are all of the thoughts that I've had over years in the moments where I am alone by myself late at night with yeah. my thoughts. And like, like these are my low contemplative moments. Yeah. This is so obvious, but I just thought of it just now. Mm-hmm. Are the 3 a.m. ones because... It's not just because she was like, ooh, the West Coast needs a release at midnight. That's what I thought it was. I thought it was too. But now I'm like, but Taylor Swift loves everything to mean stuff. Like your midnight thoughts can be a little intense, but your 3 a.m. thoughts. Oh, yeah. Are a fucking horror show. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. And it's like most of the stuff, like, like we've spent more time on the 3 a.m. tracks. Like most of the stuff that is like, buckle in. Yeah. Is the 3 a.m. tracks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's why I said at the when we transitioned to starting to talk about the 3 a.m. tracks, like that this is the last third of the album. Like the 3 a.m. edition is the real album. Yeah. Midnight's is part of it. Yeah. You should probably find another guiding light, but I shine so bright. Yeah. But I shine so bright. Like I can't do anything about it. Sorry, guys. I'm Taylor Swift. Yes. Sorry, guys. (laughs) I'm Taylor Swift. Um, I know we've been at this for so bright from my airplane, (laughs) my airplane that is dumping jet fuel on all of you as I fly from Long Beach to Van Nuys. We've been at this for like well over two hours, so (laughs) I think we need to uh, to land this plane. Not a complaint, just uh, we do need to find a way out. (laughs) We need to find a way out. Well, I'm all set, I think. Okay. I did want to read a review that we got actually a while ago that I just haven't. So this is from someone on apple podcasts called goosey girl and it says 
I've been binging I'm a Sophisticate and truly enjoying it. The hosts have great rapport and treat Taylor Swift, the Sex Pistols, and Velvet Underground with the same respect. They are great at describing the general feeling a particular musician or movie imparts, and that can be so hard to convey. They've made me interested in music, movies, and books I would not have sought out otherwise. Thank you, Goosey Girl. We really wow, appreciate that's that. that's like exactly what we're trying to do. Exactly. <laughs> so thank you for that. Sounds like we're fucking nailing it, It actually. sounds like we're crushing. Yeah. Also, I just want to... Goosey Girl. Yeah. I just also so want to shout out that I recently recorded a guest spot on oh, yeah. the Beard Al podcast, where yeah. we talked about beer and Weird Al. It was a lot of fun. It's going to come out in a couple weeks. I think by the time this is out, it's going to come out in like December. So I will remind you all. But in the meantime, I will link to the show in the show notes. You can go check them out. They are super, super fun. If you have even a passing interest in Weird Al or beer or both, it's a great time. So where can people find you on TikTok? I, I am at Trash Analysis. And you can find me on TikTok and Twitter at Anxious Arch You can find the show on Twitter at Sophisticate Pod. If you like the show, please tell your friends and also like and subscribe to us on all of your podcatchers. Leave a rating on any of our podcatchers. We are continuing to truck along until we get to review Twilight. Yes. So please just go leave the stars. Please force us to review Twilight. So we can do Twilight. Yes. I think that about wraps it up for us here at I'm a Sophisticate and So Can You. So until next time, good night and good luck. Brrr.